Let's start it over, man. Hello, hello, second take. Um, <laughs> that doesn't happen by accident. New episode. Welcome, friends. We're so excited uh, to have you here. Uh, me, I am Chad Smith, and this is... Jeff Shows. Jeff Shows. <laughs> and we're in the building. We're at the barn today uh, in lovely, wonderful Indian land slash Fort Mill, South Carolina. And we're really, really happy to have you here. Uh, this show, we're very excited about. Uh, the title of it is Icons of Evolution. Mm. And we're going to be diving deep down into um, what evolutionists say are some of the most important things in some of the places that they get um, um, their theology and, and, and their belief structure from. Uh, from the very beginning. So we're going to be talking about these and exposing uh, the lies uh, that they even still teach in our children's textbooks now. Today, yeah. Even today. Yeah, we're going to uh, go into geology towards the end of the show today and talk a little bit about uh, what geology is like and one of the major icons of evolution, the geologic column. Uh, but Mostly what we're going to do is uh, from a book known as Icons of Evolution, written by a man named Jonathan Wells, who was a two-time Ph.D. from Berkeley, California. Berkeley, of all places. Of all places. <laughs> Very smart guy, and I believe he's still alive, uh, but this was his first big book that he wrote that I know of. Um, and in it, he's got 10 Icons of Evolution that he reviews and talks about, and is very fair about and uh, asks some very good questions. There's also a movie called Icons of Evolution that you can watch on YouTube if you'd yes. like to watch it for free, or you can donate to their um, ministry and buy the DVD, Icons of Evolution, which chronicles the life of a high school biology teacher, <laughs> uh, his career, and how he got fired for teaching everything he could about evolution to his students and was stopped because he was showing where the scientific community had been questioning evolution in their journals wow. and the high school stu students were not allowed to read honest scientific critique of the of the theory and it cost him his job so can you imagine if they did that with english or would they if they did that with math, math. think yeah. of think of all the new theories and all the new right. things that are happening in math and right. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's just crazy and so and so this is the sacred cow right amen right it's the sacred cow it is the, the red heifer, so yeah. to speak, from the Bible yeah. uh, that uh, you can't touch, and that's evolution. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll, we'll go over a little bit of that. Um, Even though the Supreme Court says that you can actually teach it in a different sort of way now, right. there's been a new ruling, right? right? And, and, and I saw it on the film. I watched the film on Saturday for the first time. It was really cool. But there's a, there's, there's a recent, within the past 10 years, 15 years, a ruling that says... You don't just have to teach evolution. Right. But the, the truth is that uh, if somebody who was a scientist today who was getting grants at a major university to do research, if they proclaim to be a six-day creationist and not an evolutionist, they stand a very good chance of losing their grant money mm. and their reputation and their job. Uh, so it's, it's that much of a problem in the scientific community where yeah. scientists can't be scientific they have to be religious and philosophical in their approach to what they do. Mm. And that's just too bad. But that's that's the, the world as we know it. That's the reality yeah, of, on the ground. That's the way it is. So I'm going to start off with a quote uh, from the Bible. And this is um, from Psalm 24. It says this. This is verse 1 and 2. 
The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Mm. Very interesting. So the earth is not man's. Right. It's the Lord's. It's the Lord's. Man didn't make the earth. The Lord did. (laughs) We just happened to live on it thanks to his providence and his blessing. Uh, Another quote that I have here from my friend B.J. Palmer, who's been dead a long time. He said, we do not so much, we need not so much to realize the ideal as to idealize the real. And I read read that yesterday, Chad, and I had to write it down because it's so cool. Um, This is at Palmer College of Chiropractic on the walls. BJ was a huge philosopher. He was kind of crazy, but he said a lot of things that were very true. And uh, and what we talked about a minute ago with science, science is, is facts. Right. It is knowledge. It is the search for truth, according to Linus Pauling, the two-time Nobel Prize winner and a hero of many people in nutrition and chemistry. Uh, It's the search for truth. So when we search for truth, do we allow our philosophy to blind us to facts? And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. That's good. That's good. Um, You know, you were talking about uh, the earth is the Lord's, and uh, Ray Comfort wrote in... um, in the introduction to his uh, 150th uh, anniversary edition, uh, printing of the origin of species, um, if you find it hard to believe that there was an intelligent designer, give this some thought. Man, with all his genius, and look, there's some pretty smart people with some pretty big brains out there, right? Mm-hmm. Man, with all his genius, can't make a rock, a leaf, a flower, a living singing bird or croaking frog, or even a grain of dead sand from nothing. Mm. We can recreate, but we can't create anything material from nothing, living or dead, not a thing. It's true. It's true. I used to, to teach evolution in the classroom and science in the classroom years ago, and one of the things that I would, uh, my critics would, would, would say things to me, I said, here's what I'll do for you. I'm going to give you the earth. I'm going to give you the sun. I'll give you the rest of the planets in the solar system. And I'll give you, I'll give you water. I'll even give you the atmosphere. Okay. I'll give you basically everything you need supposedly for life. I'll even give you 150 million years. Now make me a rose. (laughs) Make me an elm tree. Right. You know, make me a stalk of corn. How about some sweet corn? I like sweet corn. (laughs) I love sweet corn. (laughs) And the obvious is there. You can't. You need a seed to do that, right? Right. And That's right. but you know, as we read earlier on the first show, uh, plants were made on day three, and there's seed therein. Right. Uh, the sun was on day four, so it's ridiculous to think that a bunch of time and nothing is going to give you the incredible design that we see in the world. Right. It just it's just silly, guys. It's, it's silly. silly. It's silly. Um, so. Another quote before we get going on the icons is John MacArthur said, evolution is unproven and it's unprovable. Mm. Now he goes on to say, because it didn't happen. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> it didn't happen. Darwinian evolution. Right. Okay, so that's what right. we're talking about. That's right. Something becoming something else, you know, a monkey becoming a man. That's right. That's a frog right. becoming a snake. Yeah. Or whatever. Right. You know, right. A dinosaur right. becoming a bird. Oh, thank you. Right. Uh, a cow becoming a whale. A whale. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so anyway, this book, Icons of Evolution, 
uh, was published in 2000. The, 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 the video chronicles Roger DeHart is the, uh, the, the teacher that lost his job. And you can read about him. He's a, really a hero in the creation science movement, Roger DeHart is, because he stood on his principles, yeah. and like many other people have done. And it's cost them their jobs, too. They right. just didn't get published like he did. And the, the ten icons that he talks about, let me, let me go over the first five. Okay. You, you take the last yes, five. Sir. Okay. Um, the one experiment that Jonathan Wells talks about uh, that's very well known in scientific communities is the Miller-Urey experiment. And what Dr. Miller did, and I guess Dr. Urey, they took a bunch of stuff and they, <laughs> they, they boiled it all down and they came up with an idea of what the Earth's atmosphere was like uh, prehistorically. Okay. And they... Um, they formed some amino acids. They okay. did do that. Okay. okay, but the amino acids that they formed uh, were just that. And, and a protein needs a whole bunch of amino acids put in a specific order. Right. And uh, uh, the amino the stuff they actually made is embalming fluid. <laughs> That's what they made. It was a huge <laughs> failure. It really was a huge failure. But it was celebrated as a success, right? Absolutely, because they tried to say that, well, this is how life could have begun. Right. So, they, you know, it's all these words of could have, maybe, maybe this, let's speculate, blah, blah, blah. Right. And that's not science, although right. it, you could, as part of the scientific method, to guess. Right. But to say that that's what really happened, no. And it turns out that they got the, the, the gases wrong on the early Earth's atmosphere anyway. What they had uh, supposed was incorrect, and I don't know all the numbers and the specific guesses that they got wrong, but they but they started from the wrong premise. Uh, the second icon of evolution Dr. Wells talks about is the tree of life, assuming that everybody came from the, a common ancestor. Right. Right. And uh, I think Darwin's got this in his book, um, uh, you know, a, a small organism becoming a complicated horse. Right. You know, and in this tree of life branches off when really... The different body parts that we see, the different body designs we see, it's actually a field of life, not a tree. Right, right, right. So amphibians mm -hmm. would be a field of life. And, mm -hmm. and, and so amphibians, they all have four, four chamber. Three oh, chamber. I can't remember. Don't ask me. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I just read it a second ago. Anyway, um, uh, humans all have four chamber hearts, right? right. Mammals right. have four chamber hearts. Right. And so, right. and so it's after its own kind, mm. uh, reptiles cold blooded, right? Cold -blooded, they, they, right. Right. And Birds so, are warm blooded. Yep. Right. Yep. So within a specific community of kinds, yes, there is uh, a sort of a tree there if you want to go there, but everything is different. Like, um, you know, like you said, amphibians, frogs, right. Are not salamanders. Right. Uh, a frog is a frog. Right. Salamander, salamander, and, you know, a snake is a snake, a spider is a spider, blah, blah, blah. It's, you know, different right. types of spiders. We see natural selection happening, but we don't see Darwinian evolution happening. Right, right. And so and so the specific word we would use for, um, for that type of um, uh, evolving, uh, that type of, um, 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 help me out Comment, here, like from... from from like on Darwin's finches, right? From the right. beaks going from one, it's micro. Right, micro evolution. evolution. Right, right, right. And of course, uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. But the finch story is kind of funny because when the rains came back, the beak sizes went back down again. Um, uh, the third icon Jonathan Wells talks about is the homologous bone structures. The name homology is very interesting, um, and it basically insinuates that because we have five fingers. And we have eight bones in our wrist. We have a hand, two hands. 
Five, we have ten fingers, excuse me. We actually have eight fingers and two thumbs. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we have a radius and an ulna. We've got a humerus. And so other animals uh, who also have similar structures are said to be homologous. Well, that's just a bunch of junk. I'm sorry. Right, right. I mean, uh, the lunate bone in a human being is made for a specific function. Okay, it's in the middle of the wrist. Okay. Uh, it's shaped like a half moon, and it protects the median nerve as it passes through. Okay, whales don't have the same design for their right. flippers. But to say that uh, a whale's flipper and a human hand are homologous is just ridiculous. I'm right. sorry. Right. It doesn't work right. that way. It doesn't work that and way. And then all the different uh, evolutionary changes that would have to take place and be present in the fossil record are not there. Right. I've never found them. Not in 150 years after Darwin's book. <laughs> all right, so the, the third one is one of my favorites to talk about, and that would be Ernst Haeckel's embryos. And this guy named Ernst Haeckel, after Darwin's book came out, faked a bunch of drawings yeah. of embryos yeah. um, and said that we all look the same, a fish and a pig and a chicken and a salamander and a sheep or whatever, all look the same in this same uh, stage of development, which yeah. is a lie. It is a lie. The earlier stages of development, as you saw in the film, yeah. he talked about are the most different. Right. They're so right. different, it's not even funny. <laughs> and so it goes completely against what Haeckel's embryo says. And it, he was he was a liar from the word go. He had to admit in court in wow. Germany that he lied, that he faked the drawings. Wow. He admitted it to his friends. He was a liar and a fraud. And yet his fake work, his lying work, his inconsistent... Um, deceptive work is in right. the textbooks now. Even now, even guys. Now. Even uh, now. Look, he I, had to admit it in court and they still <laughs> include this crap in uh, your textbooks. That's right. When I looked up in, in this picture you're looking at right yes. now on that page, I got that from Wikipedia. Wikipedia. When I just typed in evolution, that picture was on the long explanation of what evolution is. I mean, so it's even on Wikipedia, a lie. So in the, in the movie... Uh, icons of evolution that one lady remember she had yes. the, the little round glasses and all straight hair I'm sure she's a nice lady but she's extremely deceived and wrong yes she talks about um, how it proves a point no it doesn't no 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 no. the point is that everything's different that, right that's the real point of the, the real, real science the yes. real truth so that's the fourth I'm sorry the fourth of um, the icons of evolution the fifth sorry that was my mother trying to text me um, the fifth icon is called Archaeopteryx. And this is a, a real darling of science. It's a, a fossil of what looks like a bird and a dinosaur mixed together. Oh, oh look at but, that. Yeah. Isn't that cool? That's really cool. But the truth is, what that is, is a fake. It was a fake that came about in 1861 by a, a father and a son Oh, Lord, where did they Again go? in Germany. In Germany, yep. Again in Germany. <laughs> and they glued two fossils together, and uh, it was shown to be a fake. Matter of fact, the, the scientists at the time thought it was a fake, right? Well, they got it. The, the, I think it's the Museum of London bought it sight unseen and claimed that it was a link between dinosaurs and birds. But the, uh, the stones are different. The two types of rock are different. Uh, the, the the striking of the, the feathers is different. You can tell there's a, actually a, an impression of gum, okay, on, on some of the stone. So this thing is a, a paleontologist's dream, Archaeopteryx. Right. It's supposed to have connected birds with 
dinosaurs. But actually, what it was is probably a, a dead bird from way back when that um, had claws on its wings. All right? Well, we have birds today, in today's world, that have claws on their wings. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. And bats. teeth in their beak. Well, I'm talking about birds. Birds. Bat, a bat's a mammal. Right, right, right. right. A mammal. Okay. Like, well, and doesn't have feathers. Right. Right. But a bird is in the class Aves, all right? Mm. And it has feathers. And feathers have blood vessels and muscles that move them. Um, and they have claws on their wings. There are birds like that today. So if Archaeopteryx was really real, and it's not, it was a fake. Right. Um, it, it's nothing but a fossil of uh, an organism we have now. Mm. And one more thing about this, and I'll be quiet um, about that. Um, <laughs> birds are supposedly the end result of dinosaur evolution. That's what we're told today. Right. I mean, it's on PBS every day on Dinosaur Train. Every day. Dinosaur Train. Don't let your kids watch it. It's a bunch of lies. They'll have a feathered <laughs> dinosaur on there, which is so dumb. Like, they, they said that scales became feathers. No, they didn't. Sorry, no. A scale is a scale is a scale. And a feather is a feather is a feather. They're totally different in their structure and anatomy. Um, to think that a scale became a feather is just ridiculous. I'm sorry. It just is. So... Um, in the fossil record, which we're going to talk about on, in geology, you'll find birds sometimes have been buried below dinosaurs. Mm. That's inconvenient. And it's inconsistent. Yeah. Absolutely. It's inconvenient <laughs> for the evolutionists. They cannot explain that. Right. They cannot. We're going to talk about that in a minute. So um, number six is on YouTube. All right. Number six, peppered moss, which I don't know a whole lot about, but here in, in my notes... It was a faked experiment, still still referred to as um, uh, one of the one of the pieces that evolution is true. The moths were glued and pinned to the trees. Right. What it was is in in London, the the factories were spewing out smoke. Okay, and some of the trees became black with soot, mm. and so the moths that were, that had not uh, that were not dark. Okay, weren't they were eaten. Okay, by the birds, because they oh, could yeah, see the birds on the them. trees, and the dark ones <laughs> lived. Okay, that was the, the supposition. But right. yeah, you'll find pepper moss over there now, but what they, the scientists did was they glued, <laughs> then pinned the moss to the trees yeah. to take their pictures to make their point. So that was, that was totally a fake, uh, a fake experiment. And then we get to maybe the most famous... Um, of the icons of evolution, Darwin's finches. And um, there is so much uh, good stuff to talk about them. Um, they were observed by someone, um, not Darwin. Right, later on. Yep. It was a Pulitzer, two guys, two Pulitzer Prize winning authors who went to the Galapagos right. during a drought. Right. And they thought that they had observed what Darwin had observed, evolution and action. Right, that's exactly right. Right, and yeah. during the drought, the, the finch size, the, the finch beak size grew. Now, they didn't grow feet and hands. <laughs> they're, they're the ones who could survive had larger beaks so they could right. get to the food. The other ones died off. But right. check it out. When the rains came back, right, the beak sizes returned to the normal range, so there was no net evolutionary gain whatsoever. And they still got the Pulitzer Prize, right? Yeah, right. Guys. I guess you can't take that Pulitzer Prize back, right? <laughs> but um, uh, when you see uh, Ray Comfort, he does some of these really cool uh, specials where he's talking to kids on the college campus, right? And, and this is the one that so many of them refer to is Darwin's Finches. Um, and it's just not true. It's no. just not. It's just not real. It's not. 
Uh, sure, there was there proof was a, of evolution. Right, there was a change during the drought when the shorter beak birds died. Right, and the ones that were right. left alive had bigger beaks. But when the when the rains came back, the bigger beak birds re- reproduced, and they had shorter beak birds in their new family. So there was no net evolutionary gain whatsoever. So, so guys, the the key to this is to understand is that um, things do change, but they never jump, right? They change little by little here and there, um, uh, back and forth, right? Right. Um, but, but a bird doesn't turn into a man. Yeah, there is environmental pressure put on yes. species, if you want to call them right. species of animals. And fire is one of the pressures. Flooding is another. Right. A drought is another. Yeah. Um, overpopulation is right. another. Disease comes in, like the deer population in South Carolina. Sometimes these uh, deer hunters are encouraged to go out and blast away Bambi's family right. as quickly as possible right. because there's too many of them and they start dying from disease. Right. So there is a pressure right. put on them. but um, And what happens is it is they adapt. So this adaptation, that was the word I was looking for earlier, this adaptation is something that is very real. We can see it happening in nature um, all the time and it's very provable. Right. So scientifically speaking, mm-hmm. that's true. Right. Natural selection, adaptation, whatever you want to call it, yeah. microevolution, we see that happening. Yes, you can develop certain species and colors of flowers, right? You know, by right. weeding them out. Dogs, dogs. You can make little dogs and big dogs. Breed. <laughs> I mean, breeders do that. Yes. Praise the Lord. Uh, we have a couple of little dogs at our house. Well, we have two pit bulls, a little one and a big one. Um, the little one runs a lot faster than the big one, <laughs> but they're both pit bulls and they're both dogs. Right. So, so we have two papillons at our house. Uh, one is little and one is big, <laughs> right? One's about, uh, they aren't supposed to be this tall, but we call him a standard not to hurt his feelings. Uh, but he's about, uh, 16, 17 inches tall. And Lily, the little one, she's about six inches tall, <laughs> right? That's a dog. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we so we did the okay. Finch. Yeah. Okay, so the finches. Um, so the next one, I really really loved uh, hearing about uh, this one on the movie, uh, and we'll put a link to this to this movie up on the site too, so you guys can access it easily and quickly uh, on YouTube. Uh, number eight is fruit flies. Um, now they took these fruit flies and they exposed them to radiation to the point uh, that they that they mutated uh, an additional set of wings. So it went from two wings to four wings. Now, the whole thing about this is that those other set of wings didn't actually work, and they actually hindered uh, the fly from lots of different things like flying and, <laughs> and, and mating, right? None of the two uh, wing flies would mate with the four-wing fly. And so, and so, you know, the whole theory with evolution is that... Uh, uh, Things that are in natural selection forces it to move forward, right? right? right. More complicated. All these mutations, more complex, adding to the gene pool. And what we see is that that's just not true. Right. Uh, there, there is no gain complexity. Usually when a mutation happens, it takes it in reverse right? and Absolutely. not forward. And, and like you said, I mean, they, they did this in a laboratory. You remember how they made the four wings? They, they had to blast them with radiation. Right, right. They were, right. So, so, I mean, they set up the parameters to cause a mutation right that wasn't natural that was in the lab so uh, and then like you said the mutation was deleterious to the organism 
Yeah, ooh, that's a good word, deleterious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number nine, uh, icons of evolution, horse fossils. Right. So, uh, incorrect assumptions about creatures that became extinct. Right, exactly. So, in in the the record of fossils, and when the horse fossils talk about bioevolutionists, they'll say they've become what they are today based on old organisms in the past. Mm. But what we see in the fossil record is actually totally different. And and the the ones that are extinct now aren't around anymore. Um, were just another kind of creature. Right. Uh, and you know uh, we, t- we talked about this a little while ago um, about how circular reasoning is used and right. I don't remember all the facts about the horse fossils forgive me for that I didn't yeah, do my homework no, on that, yeah, I don't but, know I, that but I've heard about it and this is in uh, Dr. Wells's book so I want to make sure we mentioned it but the, the assumptions about where horses came from now are all incorrect <laughs> okay number 10 uh, drum roll please okay so um and this one, I said the finches might be the top one. This this, this is the one that's in all of the uh, all of the books that that you can definitely find, and that you you really need to um, take some uh, some measures to educate your children who are being taught this crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, number ten, drawing of ape-like creatures evolving into humans. We've all seen this before. Right. Um, it it it's based on someone's assumptions, and definitely. Zero scientific data. Right. Amen. Well, why don't you um, read that one thing with uh, Dr. Leakey? Oh, yeah. We talked about. And, you know, I remember when I was a kid, we lived in Tallahassee. My father went to Florida State. And he taught me this stuff, Cro-Magnon, man, all that stuff. <laughs> you know, and he, he was being taught evolution. Right. He was young. He was right. 24, I guess, at that time, maybe 25. And, um, and none of that stuff is true. None of that is true. <laughs> none is true. Here's what. Okay, so this is on a PBS special um, by Richard Leakey. Um, not only are missing links still mis- missing, but the fossil record reveals that man arrived on the scene abruptly. Uh, in a PBS documentary, Richard Leakey, the world's foremost paleontologist, admitted, if pressed about man's ancestry, I would have to unequivocally say, that all we have is a huge question mark. To date, there has been nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. That means zero, zero folks. Right. Found to truthfully, interesting that he used that word, truthfully purport as a transitional species to man, including Lucy. Dot, dot, dot. If further pressed, I would have to state that there is more evidence to suggest an abrupt arrival of man rather than a gradual process of evolving. Mm. Wow. Wow. So, truthfully, he can't support that icon of evolution of the drawings. Right. If, say, man showed up, bang, just like that, based on what he has now. That's right. And even Darwin said in his book that if they didn't find multiple changes in the fossil record, his whole theory would fall apart. Right. That's what he said. (laughs) Right. And since... Uh, 1859 you know how many evidences uh, fo- of that a fo- uh, zero zero and and if i'm not mistaken there have been about mm, i think the number was two million fossils, fossils found right. Right. uh since since that time mm-hmm. and zero right. no evidence <laughs> no evidence None whatsoever all right so there are a lot of other evolutionary icons that we could talk about yes. um but we'll 
he concentrated on those 10 in this book. And um, many of the ones that we talked about are still found in textbooks today, even though they've been proven to be lies. Yeah. And, and you can't call anything else but a lie. Right. You know, I was mentioning to Mac, our friend I met today. Yes. You know, that if this is kind of what happened to me, if if you were dating somebody, let's say before you met your wife, so before y'all got together, <laughs> you're dating somebody and uh, and y'all are single. Right. right, and um, you're keeping your relationship pure and all, and you're planning a wedding and whatever. Right. And then a day before the wedding, you find out she's married, <laughs> and she's been lying to you. Ooh. That's going to upset you quite a bit, right? Quite a bit. Well, like, look, if, if we've been told this stuff is true, and yes. we have been, I yes, have, we been. have. When I was in we school, have, yes. oh, this is true. Oh, you can believe it. No, you can't. They're lies. It should upset us yes. to the point not that we get upset and mean or mad about it, no. but we should go, wait a minute, what is the truth? Right. We believe the Bible gives right. us the truth. That's okay? right. And we interpret science based on what the Bible says. Mm. The Bible is the authority for Christians. It should be. It should be. Right. But far too often we have succumbed to pressure in the, the society that we live in to say, well, maybe this, you know, millions of years happened. No, 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 no. Right. I've seen books written um, on on the God-led evolution of things, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean there's so many different... Uh, sub-theories out mm-hmm. there that Christians are buying into. The day-age theory, the yep. gap theory. The gap theory. Yeah, oh, come on. Yeah, well, no, I mean, so no. we want to be able to, um, yeah, to expose these things for what they are and, and to go back to the Bible and start from the beginning. Right. So as as John MacArthur said, you either believe what the Bible says or you don't. Or you don't. It's, it's as simple as it really is. that simple. And, uh, and we could talk about it forever. You know, Jesus... He was in the grave for three days. Yes, that's right. We either believe right. that or we don't. You know, there's there's a lot of other things in the Bible that I would think are so much more significant. However, if we don't get creation right, right. Then everything else is up for grabs. So mm. we've got to get this right. We just yeah. have to. And there's nothing wrong with us saying, I believe in a six-day creation, in, a, in an almighty God who made Chad and Jeff, yeah. you know, about 6,000 years after he made Adam. There's <laughs> 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 nothing wrong with that. It's right. not a thing. So, all right. So let's, let's go to the geologic column now, which is one of my favorite things to talk about because this is where I, I go, Huh? What? <laughs> I mean, so we got these. We got this movie out. This right now. That's in the theaters. It's called Jurassic Park. I guess number Jurassic five. World. Jurassic World. Jurassic World. Yeah. yeah. It, and it's a good movie. I went and saw it. There's a lot of cool dinosaurs in there. <laughs> Did people get eaten in the movie? Time? Oh, just a couple. Oh no! <laughs> Spoiler alert. Turn off. <laughs> um, so anyway, in this thing called the geologic column. The sedimentary rocks are said to have within them a record of time. Okay? Hmm. There's three types of rock on the earth, basically. Okay. Three categories. Do you know what they are? Um, tell me. I'll put you on the spot, and I'm sorry. There's, I, I have to remember this all the time. There's igneous, oh. which igneous is molten lava. Oh. Anything that comes up in the form of lava, okay. anything like basalt is okay. igneous rock. Okay. Then you have metamorphic rock, no. which is rock that has been metamorphosized. It has changed because of tremendous pressure, pressure. and heat. Marble is metamorphic rock. Oh. And isn't it beautiful? It's, yes, it's heavy, gorgeous. man. And you can you could smooth it out to a floor. Just looks beautiful. Yeah. You could eat off of marble if yeah. you cleaned it. That's right. <laughs> and then there's sedimentary rock. Mm. 
Okay, that's what we're going to talk about: sedimentary rock. Okay. So, sedimentary rock comes from water. It is the settled particles from muddy water. That's every scientist will tell you. I don't care what their evolutionary bent is, if they're evolutionists or creationists. They'll tell you that sediments, oh yeah, that came from water. Wow. Okay. Is there a story in the Bible that talks about water? Um. (laughs) (laughs) So in in the icon of evolution called the geologic column, there are specific levels. Right. And they say the further down you dig, the more millions of years that it was. Absolutely. Yeah, the okay. older the rock. Yeah. Right. The older. So so what they have is the Cenozoic era, which we're in now. Nice. Okay. In the Cenozoic, you have the Quaternary and the Tertiary periods. <laughs> in the Mesozoic era, you have the Cretaceous, Jurassic, and Triassic. Wow. In the Paleozoic era, you have the Permian, Pennsylvania, Mississippian, Devonian, Silurian, or I can't read that, or Dovician and Cambrian periods. Wow, those all sound so official and so correct. Praise the Lord. I mean, <laughs> language is cool. I like language. I do. I like these words. They're really cool words. And then the Precambrian, which is the time between the birth of the planet and the next next time. So, right. so those are the, the names given to the levels. But basically, the top layer all the way to the bottom layer. And right. the bottom layer is the oldest layer, according to evolutionists. Well, let's see if we can come up with some some ideas about that that are plausible all right so if all this stuff all this sedimentary rock happened because of water right and all the levels when you look at the side of the grand canyon you see this geologic column that they talk about right and every level of layers of rock are beautifully parallel aren't they mm-hmm. they're gorgeous With zero erosion between the layers right so I'm a redneck from Florence, Chad. That's where I went to high school and college. That means I'm, you know, that's where I'm from. That's okay. right. Um, red man was a big part of the culture back then, you know, grits, right. chicken bog. Yeah. <laughs> but I can figure this out real fast. All that had to happen one time. Yeah. There's no erosion between the layers. So right. all those layers had to be put there at the same time. Bam. Of the sediments. Now there's other rock mixed in with the sediments in the Colorado Plateau beautiful beautiful wonderful movie uh called the grand canyon by mike snavely he explains it so beautifully oh man and the video at the end of it is so cool they took a rafting trip down the colorado but you can see where the lava has come up inside the sediments well all that happened during the flood wow so the flood happens there's all this mud that comes out from underneath the earth i'm going to read the the scriptures that talks about it in a second it gets mixed in with the water and then it settles to the bottom right. and all the stuff is killed. All the animals are killed. Every living, breathing thing except what was on the boat died, right? Right. During the flood. Yeah. It was God's judgment on the earth. Right. Praise the Lord. We see a rainbow. He says they'll never flood the earth again. That's right. That's right. That's what the rainbow is, a sign of the Noahic, I can't even say it, Noahic covenant. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the water drains off of the new uh, land masses Okay, mm-hmm. into new ocean basins. The Atlantic Ocean is a new ocean basin. Wow. And all this water drains off. The mud dries because it has silica in it. It turns into rock. Silica. Silica. Sand. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Silicates. It came up from underneath the earth. 
and cemented everything together. And God is so amazing, man. Just so amazing. He did this. Yes. He blew up the earth. And Walter Brown's book, In the Beginning, which is on my left leg right here, <laughs> In the Beginning, A Compelling Case for Creation in the Flood, explains this beautifully. It's called the hydroplate theory. But all this mud is now exposed to the sun, and it dries. How do I know it was soft? Well, there's a group of mountains in the Canadian Rockies called the Folded Mountains. You can see a beautiful picture of them in this book. You can look it up. I think it's in British Columbia. Okay. And in this, these huge mountains, they got to be 10,000 feet wow. high. They're, the layers are folded just like this. If you took some saltwater taffy and jammed it all together, right. it kind of looks like that. Huh. And so you cannot bend rock. Right. So the mountains had to be formed when the rock was still soft. Thank you. Soft. So anyway... The geologic column, number one, doesn't exist in the real world. Maybe 10% to 15% of the rock areas in the world have the geologic column in the, the levels that they want them to be. Right. But most of it is not that way. And limestone blows it all out of the world. Oh, man. I mean, like the Cliffs of Dover, we have it on <laughs> yeah. our website. Yeah. That, that summit, how did that happen? Wow, that's, there's, another, there's a whole chapter of limestone formation in this book of how it precipitated out of the water and then was mm. risen up when the continents started banging into each other. Right, right. So, so it wasn't by crab dung? <laughs> no, or, or coral dung. Or coral or, dung. Um, parrotfish dung. <laughs> that was the one. So those three types of rock, sedimentary, igneous, and metamorphic, we find all over the world. But right. the sediments are where the oil is found, coal, natural gas, okay? Mm. All the fossil fuels right. are found in the sediments. Which means that something was alive and it was buried and turned into fuel. Okay, carbon-based fuel right. is what fossil fuels are. Right. In the lab right now, you can make oil or coal in about two weeks. Huh? You really? don't need millions of years to make this stuff. Really? Really. You need the right conditions to okay. make it. You need tremendous pressure. You need no oxygen. Everything's got to be compressed hard, just like a fossil. You have to right. specific required elements to make a fossil. I mean, I saw it the other day on television. They were talking about trees fell into a bog. No, 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 no. No. Just It was a flood that did all this. That's what I believe. Yes. But I can base that off the scientific evidence I see, but mostly because that's what the Bible says. So let me read this, and then we'll go ahead and wrap up our show soon. In Genesis chapter 7, here it comes. I mean... How did all this happen? How did the geologic column get there, supposedly? How did the layers of sediments get there? Here it comes. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of heaven were opened, and the rain fell on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. That's what it says. Right. Chad, I didn't make this up. That's what God says in his word. That's what he says. That's how he says it all happened. And like we said, the sediments, every scientist will tell you the sedimentary rock was put there by water. water. Not sand, not wind. No, no, no. Not time. No. Right. One event, a global worldwide flood. So if they're laid down by water, the soft mud dries into rock. It's evidence that there was a worldwide flood. Yeah. And it's everywhere. Yeah. So if you want to get more on this, you can go to 
Walter Brown's website, creationscience.com, and read his whole book for free. Yeah, wow. Yeah, the whole book's on there for free. He has, I just downloaded the ninth edition yesterday, that you can get in a PDF format. I think it's 15 or $16, or something like that. Okay. Well, and he's he's actually such a generous man. I've spoken to his wife, and they've actually sent me DVDs and books for free. When mm. I asked him, at the time, I didn't have any money to buy one. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where you can get a lot of this information and answer a lot of questions. He's got a, a whole section on questions and answers in the back of his book. It's probably 50 pages long, the questions, wow. um, but with documented scientific exper- experiments and papers written to help understand the questions. I love it. I love it. So, folks, the information is out there, and the resources are out there, and your children and you, um, with just a little bit of digging, can learn the truth and can see what um, is is really out there and and learn the ways in, in which creation um, and the different events that are talked about in the Bible... Uh, actually happened so um yeah so we appreciate you being here um uh don't forget to go to uh our website uh tdhba.com that didn't happen by accident.com tdhba.com and send us a question uh, anything that you might have any suggestions for topics that we might be able to cover we would love to hear from you um, uh, we actually have uh, a good number of people downloading, um, I say a good number for us, uh, I think we're at 30 or 40 uh, off of iTunes, and uh, that's awesome and spectacular, so uh, we just want to get the truth out there, so any way that, uh, that you can help by sharing this or by uh, um, uh, getting this out, we would sure appreciate it. Yeah, and ideas for shows. Yes. Information that we might could use. Please send it to us. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we, need, we need as much information as possible to become better at this. Yes. Because we represent what God says. That's right. And we, we want to do a great job for Him. That's right. That's yeah. right. We sure do. So next next time, next episode, uh, we will be talking about the central nervous system mm. and breaking it down. And um, That's so yeah. fascinating. You're not going to believe how fascinating it is. I can't gonna, wait. It's going to blow you away, Jeff. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> So, friends, thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, And remember, God made you. Just like he said. We'll see you next time. Bye, y'all.